Well, it's good to be here this morning, and I uh, want to just wish each of you a happy Sabbath. Uh, my son texted me this morning, wished me a happy Sabbath. I was not totally surprised, but a little bit surprised, because he doesn't text me too often. So it was nice to hear from him this morning. <laughs> Turn about me to your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. That's my scripture for this morning. We're going to start with that. And as we go there, may we just have one little more word of prayer. Shall we bow our heads for prayer? Jesus, as we read your word, I ask that your spirit would help us to hear what we we read. Help us to discern what you're saying and help us to be able to apply it to our hearts, to our thoughts, so that there's rest in our souls. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Philippians 2.5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say, make this mind be in you. It doesn't say, meditate so this mind will be in you. It doesn't say, pay more offerings so this mind will be in you. But it says, let. What does that mean to us? Let. Let. You're willing. Okay, good. Anybody else? I'm sorry. Open-minded. Open-minded, okay. Very good. Teachable. Any other thoughts? You have to speak up a little louder for me. Receive. Receive? Receive? Okay, you're in a a condition to receive, uh, you might say. Yes, receiving. You're able to receive the mind of Christ. Oh, and I would like to add something else, too, to that. And that is that you're humble. You know, Moses was called the meekest man on the earth. You remember, under inspiration, he wrote that he was the meekest man on earth. And in Spirit of Prophecy, she says that word means that he was more teachable. Well, that was interesting. Moses was teachable. Well, this morning, I pray that the Lord will help me to be teachable. Help us to be teachable. You know, sometimes we can get so set in our ways that where there's no way to change us. <laughs> You've ever experienced that before, haven't you? My way or the highway, as the expression goes. Uh, if you don't see it the way I see it, brother, you're lost. I feel sorry for you. I remember sitting in church one day and a, and a, and a brother said that in his sermon. It's like, if you don't see this the way I see it, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Lord, help me, as it says in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and chapter 3, help me to have an ear to hear. You remember reading that verse? He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Well, what is the Spirit saying to us this morning? Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. The 
the book of Hebrews, we're going to look at chapter 4. And we're going to look at uh, verse 9. I'm not going to read this whole chapter, but we're going to look at a few verses here. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works, as God did from his now, when I think about this uh, verse that we just looked at before, let this mind be in you, I think about the fact that it says, he has ceased from his own works. In other words, we are not trying to make ourselves holy. We're not trying to uh, do something you know, in order to be able to accomplish salvation. But rather, what does it say here? It says that in verse 10, for he has entered into his rest, he himself also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Now, of course, we think of immediately, we think of this as the Sabbath. But it's really much more than the Sabbath. It's really much more of an attitude adjustment. It's an attitude revealing humility. Revealing teachableness. Revealing trust. Confidence. You know? We have confidence. God is going to finish what he has begun in us. God is leading us to his holy dwelling. God will supply all of our needs. I've loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you. I know the thoughts I think towards you. They're thoughts of peace, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. And then there's Jeremiah 10, 23. Oh, Lord, I know that the way of man, it's not in himself. It's not a man who walks to direct his steps. You see, God is trying to teach you and I self-distrust. Because when we are filled with self-trust, self-confidence, we're going to fail. That's just a matter of reality. We are going to fail. We have to fail. Because Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse... Well, we look at verse 1. John 15, 1. Turn with me to John chapter 15, verse 1. And it'll show up here, I think, in just a second. I am the true vine, and my father is the husband. Verse 2. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. We're going to read on down to verse 7, I think. Now ye are clean through the word, which I have spoken unto you. And then pause just for a second. Look at this. Now, it doesn't say in the future. It doesn't say when you get your act together. What does it say? Now. Now, you are clean by what? Through the word, which I have spoken unto you. You see, the word is God's promise. It's, It's God's assurance to us that he will accomplish what he has begun in us. The word is all the word makes us righteous. We don't make ourselves righteous. The word makes us righteous, but if we believe the word, we are righteous, not because of something we have done, but because the word declares it so. And if we believe that the word declares us righteous, then we don't need to continue to walk in sin. See, we don't stop walking in sin so we'll be righteous. We stop walking in sin because of the fact that we're no longer that old man. 
You see, we are a new creation. And how do we know it's so? Because the word declares it so. It, our whole assurance is what God says. God says, I'm not a man that I should lie. I'm not a liar. And so, now are you clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. Now pause for a moment. Let's think about what does that mean for us to abide in him? How about being filled with his spirit? In the morning when I wake, one of, the, one, of my, one of my thoughts to the Lord is, Lord, give me your spirit. We need the spirit of God. Without the spirit of God, you and I will go astray. You know? It's just as simple as that. It's through the spirit that we abide in Christ. So we need the Holy Spirit. Also, abiding in Him is dependent upon our recognizing our helpless condition. I know, O Lord, that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his steps. Jeremiah 10.23 You see, that verse just reveals that you realize without Him you can do nothing. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except ye abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. You know, I've, I've heard this thought before and I think it's really appropriate for this thought right here it, uh, get on fire for Jesus and people will come from miles around to watch you burn <laughs> and it's true it is true Lord help me to be on fire for you help me to be filled with your spirit so you can use me see God wants to use us we can't use the Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit wants to use us. He wants to direct our steps. He wants to direct us today in our work. He wants us to rest in the fact that He will do it. That's what the Sabbath is all about. The Sabbath is all about the power of God being sufficient to guide my steps. The power of God is able to to bring me to his holy dwelling. The power of God is able to give me wisdom for fixing an ice machine. I worked on one of those yesterday. And this particular problem, I wasn't for sure what to do, but the Spirit of God directed me to go to the internet. And I was able to find the the solution for my problem. But I still believe it was the Spirit of God directing me. The power of God is sufficient to help you with your children. Sometimes 
It's perplexing to know how to handle young minds. Sometimes it's perplexing to know how to handle workers. The power of God is sufficient to help you in every step you must take. And so he tells us in Isaiah 26.3. We'll come back to verse 6 and 7. But can you turn to Isaiah 26.3 for me? Isaiah 26.3. I'm hoping I'm remembering it correctly. Because <laughs> this is not my notes. I don't even have my notes on. Okay. Yep, this is it. Let's read it together. Okay? Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. One more time. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. You know, and that's a little scripture song I learned years ago. It goes like this. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. The Lord has rest for our souls. And it's not without assurance. It's in his word. Jesus rested in that assurance. You remember? Jesus said, I don't do anything without my father. Go back to to John chapter 15, verse 6. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Like Judas. You remember? Judas the traitor. Judas was one of those branches that refused to come under the divine influence of the Holy Spirit. And he he wanted to manage himself. And his management of himself brought him to his destruction. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Now that looks like an open-ended, that looks like a check that has been signed by God. You with me? A check that has been signed by God, but there were no numerical numbers put in it. He said, you fill it out. You fill it out. And whatever you ask, it will be done unto you. Of course, he's, he's given us this assurance with the fact that he knows we love him. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. You see, Psalm 119, 11. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. God wants to direct our steps. He wants to give us his his spirit. He wants to give us his wisdom. He wants to give us his rest. Years ago, I, I heard a sermon by Ivor Myers, and he was sharing how in heaven before sin entered, Everything was in a state of rest. And I had never heard that thought before, but I thought, wow, that makes sense. Everything was in a state of rest. Everything was at peace. Until sin entered in. And of course, 
God, in order to maintain the integrity of heaven, had to dispel Satan and his angels. And, if, and, and sad to say, of course, we, we accepted them. Uh, we gave them room to dwell in us. And so today we, have, we live in this experiment, this sin experiment. And today it's being manifested that there's no rest. There's no rest in sin. You know, the wicked are like the troubled sea. You remember that verse? It cannot. It's, it's constantly churning, you know. And so it is with us. If we don't learn to surrender, if we don't learn to listen, if we don't learn to let the mind of Christ dwell in us, then we are like the troubled sea. We have no peace. Thank God we have the assurance in his word. He is going to finish what he has begun in us. Are you thankful this morning for that promise? Mm-hmm. Philippians 1.6. Turn to Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Isn't that good news, folks, this morning? That is good news. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Being confident, confident, Of this very thing, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Being confident, confident of this very thing, Philippians. One six. You see, the Lord doesn't want us to be fearful. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. How do we get a sound mind? Well, we don't get it apart from the Word of God. We get it through the Scriptures. We get it through a trusting relationship with Jesus Christ. We get it through depending upon Him. You know, there's a statement in Spirit of Prophecy that says, What's a life of holiness? It's a life of constant dependence upon the Savior. Sometimes we have to go through hard knocks though, to teach us that lesson. Sometimes all the things that we have confidence in have to be knocked out from under us. Sometimes it's our health. Sometimes it's our work. Sometimes it's our family. Sometimes it's our friends. We never know. But whatever it is that we trust in that's keeping us from being connected and dependent upon Jesus Christ will have to be removed or either we'll have to go by the way of all the earth and go with it. You follow what I'm saying? We either need to come to the point to where we surrender ourselves fully to the Lord Jesus Christ or either we accept the fact that this earth is our home and we will perish with it. I pray that God will help all of us to connect with him. 
that the Lord will help us to trust fully in Him. Not in the things of this earth. Not in just being a Seventh-day Adventist. And I mean by that, not just being religious, okay? You know, God does not just want religious Christians. He wants Christians that are connected to Him. He wants Christians who are teachable. He wants Christians who are dependent upon Him. We're going to look at a story. A story about a man by the name of Nicodemus. John chapter 4, I believe it is. Let me open up my notes this time to make sure I'm going the right place, but I believe it is John chapter 4. Yes, John chapter 4, verse 13. And we're going to read on down to 25. Jesus answered and he said to her, Oh, I'm sorry. No, I had this is the wrong, this is the wrong reference. Uh, excuse me, just for a minute. Let me back up here. This was one of my, I was going to use, but I don't think I'm going to use it. Uh, the one I was going to use is, the one I'm thinking of now is, is the man Nicodemus. And that is... Okay, thank you. John chapter 3, yes. Verses 3 and 4. Jesus answered and he said to him, Verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 4. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? How can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now what's Nicodemus doing here? Say that again. Thinking worldly. Okay, good. He's thinking worldly. He's thinking the carnal mind, isn't he? He's not really listening. He, he kind of knew what Jesus was saying. Sounds sarcastic. That's right. Yes, exactly. He's being a little sarcastic. Yes. Because for one reason, it's humbling. Jesus is telling him something. And of course, we're not going to... Well, just think about it just for a minute. Remember how he kind of praised Jesus for his power and so forth, and Jesus ignored all that, and he went right to the point. He says, well, your problem is not, 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 <laughs> he didn't say it that way. He just said, you know, what you really need to know is you need, you need to be born again. You need to be born again. And, and so he, he responds this way. Well, another verse that I had was, I want you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13. We're going to look at verses 13, 14, 15, 16. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. 15. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. And 16, for who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You see, Nicodemus didn't have the mind of Christ yet. Nicodemus still had the worldly mind. Nicodemus still had that mind of self-righteousness. He was pretty snug about his religious experience. 
He didn't see his need for transformation. But Jesus saw that, and he, and he pointed out this problem by letting him know that he needed to be born again. Notice here what it says in Desire of Ages. It says, The figures of the new birth which Jesus had used was not wholly unfamiliar to Nicodemus. Converts from heathenism to the faith of Israel were often compared to children just born. Therefore, he must have perceived that the words of Christ were not to be taken in a literal sense. But by virtue of his birth as an Israelite, he regarded himself as sure of a place in the kingdom of God. He felt that he needed no change. Hence, his surprise at the Savior's words. He was irritated by their close application to himself. The pride of the Pharisee was struggling against the honest desire of the seeker after truth. He wondered that Christ should speak to him as he did, not respecting his position as a ruler in Israel. Next paragraph says, Surprised out of his self-possession. He answered Christ in words that were full of irony. How can a man be born when he is old? Like many others, when cutting truth is brought home to the conscience, he revealed the fact that the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. There is in him nothing that responds to spiritual things, for spiritual things are spiritually discerned. Spiritual things are spiritually discerned. I need your spirit, Father. I need your help. Without the Spirit of God, this sermon is of no value to any of us. The Word of God is of no value to us without the Spirit. And that's why it's important that when we go to the Scriptures, we ask for the Holy Spirit to teach us. Lord, teach me. Show me your way. Jesus continued, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. By nature, the heart's evil. And who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one, Job says. No human invention can find a remedy for the sinning soul. The carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can it be. Out of the heart proceeds thoughts of murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies, Romans 8, 7, and, and Matthew fifteen nineteen. The fountain of the heart must be purified before the streams can become pure. He who is trying to reach heaven by his own works in keeping the law is an attempting an impossibility. He who is trying to reach heaven by his own works is attempting an impossibility. There is no safety for one who is merely a legal has merely a legal religion. <laughs> no safety. There is no safety for one who has merely a legal religion. A form of godliness. The Christian's life is not a modification or an improvement of the old, but a transformation of nature. There is a death to self and sin and a new life altogether. This this change can be brought about only by the effectual working of the Holy Spirit. Only by the effectual working of the Holy Spirit. Do we need the Holy Spirit? Absolutely we need the Holy Spirit. Not by might. I saw it on your billboard this morning. Not by might, nor by power, 
but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Lord, is this the way? You'll hear word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. He doesn't say you'll hear a voice. Why is that? Why is it? Why doesn't it say you don't, you'll hear a voice behind you saying this is the way? It's okay. I want to hear what you think. Think about it for a moment. Why doesn't the word of God say you will hear a voice behind you saying this is the way? Walk ye in it. Choice? Okay. God wants our minds to be active, doesn't he? All right. He doesn't want us just to be running on feelings. That's a clue. Yes. Okay. We can deceive ourselves. Yes. Very true. Good. True, true, true. Okay. I'm getting older. My ears don't work as good. <laughs> Forgive me. I keep thinking one of these days I'm not to get me a hearing aid. But anyway. Exactly. The Spirit of God speaks to us through His Word. In other words, the Spirit of God makes the Word truth to us. And so the Spirit of God will use the Word to speak to us. You will hear a Word behind you saying, this is the way walking in it. Remember that promise when you felt discouraged? Fear thou not, I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I'll help you, I'll uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Remember that promise that says, thou shalt not lie. You remember that promise that says, my God shall supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You remember that promise that says, through these great and precious promises, we become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You see, give me the Bible needs to be one of the theme thoughts that we have in our heads. Give me the Bible. You know, we need to be known as a people of the Word. Because it's the Word, it's to the Spirit speaking through the Word that will keep us on track. Be therefore imitators of God as dear children. And what did Jesus do? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so I believe that that's why it says that the mind of Christ, and this is not the verse I was thinking of, I believe that's the reason why it says that you'll hear word behind you saying this is the way, walk ye in it. That is in Isaiah. And I'm trying to remember what verse it is. It seems like it's Isaiah. No, I don't, I, it's been a while since I, but I could find it. You could put it up on the board. We could look at it. Isaiah 30, 21. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand, and when you turn to the left. And go to Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 1. 
There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Verse 3. We're going to read on down to 14. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Five. Oh, thank you. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life. And, I like that last word, and what? Peace. Peace. Yes, peace. Peaceful. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. How, does it, how, does it, how come he can say that? You're not in the flesh. Because you're believing in the Word. Remember that verse we read in John chapter 15, verse 3? Now are ye clean through the Word. You see, if you're believing the Word, the, the Word of God through the Spirit of power of the Holy Spirit will make us spiritual. We don't have to worry about it if we're not spiritually minded. God will make us spiritually minded. You see? Now are you clean through the Word which I have spoken to you. Now you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. And how does the Spirit of God dwell in us? By us asking. You have not because you ask not, James tells us. You remember? You see, we need to ask the Spirit for the Spirit of God to dwell in us every morning. Jesus, give me your Spirit. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead. Because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that dwells, or that raised up Christ Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit. So there's a promise right there. You see that? But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. That's an assurance right there. That's a promise to us. The Spirit of God will change us. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. Ezekiel 36, 26. Okay, verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. 13. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. 14. And this is a promise too. I claim this often in prayer. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen. Brothers and sisters, it is our privilege as sons of God to be led by His Spirit. It is our privilege to have peace. We can't let Satan take it from us. 
He is in control. Above the distractions of earth, God sits enthroned. All things are open to his divine survey. And from his great and calm eternity, he orders that which his providence sees as best. God knows what he's doing. <laughs> as, a, as, a, an old, as an old leader and years ago that I knew, his name was Ralph Martin, he would say this, the sum total of the wisdom of the ages is to know God, know where he's going, and go with him. The sum total of the wisdom of the ages to know God, know where he's going, and go with him. You see, you and I have the privilege of resting in his love. Zephaniah, I think it's Zephaniah 3.17. Turn with me there. Zephaniah 3.17. For the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. And this is a scripture song as well. You probably don't know it, but I'll sing it to you. For the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save, he will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love, he will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. For the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save, he will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love, he will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. He will rest in his love. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Can you imagine what it's like to hear the Most High singing over you? (laughs) It must be exciting. (laughs) And awesome. God is looking forward to us being with him in his throne room. Could you play that song for me? My son sings this song. He has a whole several albums. And and I want to I want you to hear this song. My <laughs> it's really a cool song. It's called I Pledge Allegiance to the Lamb.
like a great angelic choir sings I can almost hear their voices ring I pledge allegiance to the land with all my strength with all I am I will seek to But the cause of Jesus still goes on. Now the time has come to count the cost. To reject this world, to embrace the cross. And one by one, let us live our lives for the one who died. Give us life till the trumpet sounds on that final day. Let us proudly stand and boldly say, I pledge allegiance to the land with all my strength, with all I am, I will see. I play.
same desire this morning. If you'll stand with me, we'll have a prayer. Oh, precious Father, we are thankful this morning that you have chosen us. You have adopted us in the person of your Son. And we're thankful that you have pledged yourself to finish what you have begun in us. And Lord, this morning we want to invite you into our hearts. We want to give you full and complete control of our lives that we might be under the direction of your Spirit, that we might be used by you, and that you might be glorified in our lives. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.